Welcome to today's podcast from the North Mahala Church of God. Pastor Neil Nolan's message is that inconsistency always brings confrontation. This is the second message in the series, The Inconsistent Church, and is from Sunday morning, February 25th, 2018. We join Pastor Nolan as he is reading from Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 through 15. ...that he made us all. But when I saw that they were not straightforward, orthopedic word, about the truth of the gospel, I said to Peter, before them all, if you being a Jew, live in the manner of the Gentiles, not as the Jews, why do you compel the Gentiles to live after the Jews? Just to translate, you're asking somebody to live to a standard that you don't even live yourself. One more verse. We who are the Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. I wanna preach the second part of a series entitled The Inconsistent Church. And I wanna subtitle this morning, Inconsistency Always Brings Confrontation. Inconsistency always brings confrontation. Father, if you would help me today to articulate this word in a way that God is not in my ability. For my flesh has such limitations and my life has added many, many more. And if people have come to see a preacher, they will leave very disappointed. If they have come to see flesh exalted, they will live, leave in such disdain, God, that they may never come back. But I would ask that you would hide me behind the cross and for the next 20, 25 minutes, that the words that might flow from my body come from your throne and that people would not see me or my ability or the lack thereof, but a fresh anointing from a fresh word from an awesome God. And Father, when we leave here, we can then say it was good to be in the house of the Lord. In Jesus' name, we ask all things. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. One of the hardest things to do in my life, and let me say this, the Holy Spirit checked me and said, I don't want you to preach in a way that you are removed from this text. But I want you to preach in such a way that they will understand that you struggle as they do. And so the pulpit this morning, why it is raised up in exaltation so that you might see me above your neighbor, it is not raised up in exaltation that I am better than anybody else in this house. The hardest thing that I do in my life, to be honest, is let this conversation and my daily conduct equal themselves at all times. It's this funny thing about this flesh. I try to be consistent. And I am so much better than I was 18 years ago when I came to the Sheral Church of God. But I've got to confess to you this morning, there are moments, not days, not hours, but there are moments that I don't look like your preacher at times. Sometimes my children have a way of getting me to a place that I cry more in prayer than I would do in front of you. And not just to make this thing spiritual or religious, it's not just my prayer closet because I'm really trying to make myself look better than what I'm trying to display with my mouth. But there are other times on a ball field or, or when my son does something that makes me say, God, I need the help of the Holy Ghost. Let me break it down even more. I'm not saying you should discipline your children like this, but my wife struggles with this as well. Every once in a while, she'll discipline in such a way as a godly mother, then other times she'll pull a spoon out. 
an old wooden spoon. I know you don't do that, and it's not godly. And I try to tell her, you can't do that to children anymore. But she says something like this. She gets very Pentecostal on me. She goes very way back. She said, this worked for my great-grandma. It worked with my grandma. It worked for my mama. And I'm not giving up on this spoon. You get out of my way. You understand? Okay. Oh. <laughs> Y'all were not supposed to shout there. Amen. But if you would see her at that very moment, she doesn't look like the same lady up here. And even then, there are times that we do cross the line or maybe in your marriage where it's not always the Valentine's uh, service or the conference, you may say something that you regret later. The thing that's so great is that is a private conversation. Most people will never know that. But what happens like here in the word of God when your conversation and your conduct do not equal God puts your business on blast and everybody can see what's going on in your personal life. I don't know about you, but I don't want any reality cameras around me. You understand what I'm saying? There's sometimes, even though I love people, Brother Anthony, there's times I want to be right by myself. Jessica will say, let's go out with all the church people. And I will say, I can't do it tonight. I, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting in my spirit. I'm tired in my flesh. My mind is mentally fatigued. There are things going on that I've not told you about yet. And I've just got to go be alone with God. Roy, that's not pretty. It doesn't look good. It doesn't sound good. And even at those times, if I'm not careful, I will rebuke Aiden wrongly because I'm tired. It's not his fault. I'm the pastor. I'm the preacher. But I'm tired in my flesh. And that spirit man that's so strong in this pulpit he's not always strong at 415 deep road and I'm not trying to let my image down in front of your eyes I'm telling you what the Holy Ghost told me to tell you today and I'm not the only one I feel like the writer of the book of Romans there are times I do things that I despise and there are things that I want to do I want to do them so badly Romans 7 he said but I find myself not doing them oh wretched man that I am this was the writer full of the Holy Ghost. I come to preach to somebody this morning, you're just like that. And I'm just like that. Why? Because we live in this thing called flesh. I'm not giving you the approval of sin. In fact, I'm going to take you from that. But I'm putting all of us in the same boat. And I'm letting you know that all of us at some time in your walk with God, you've crossed the line of flesh. And your speech in church has not equal your conduct in the street. And when that happens, there's something that we call inconsistency. And when you're inconsistent, there's always going to be a confrontation. Be inconsistent in your driving today. Get out of here and do what I saw one of our leaders do this morning when he didn't stop at that stop sign when he was coming to church. I was trying to make a video for our church leadership to encourage them. And I couldn't do that because I saw one of our deacons going 110 miles per hour going through a stop sign. <laughs> if he continues with that inconsistency, I will have to come get him out of Oconee County. <laughs> Are you listening? Be inconsistent in your marriage. Be inconsistent in your payments. Be inconsistent in your word and watch what happens to your life. It's not the devil. It's not the demons of hell. It's that your life that we are not practicing a, what the old church called a sanctified, disciplined lifestyle because we're casual with our faith and we're casual with our prayer life. We're casual. We make appointments that we will not break. I'm not missing the Clemson game. I'm not missing the, 
the fried chicken. I'm not missing the fried fish. I'm not missing the dance. I'm not missing the movie. And those things are fine. But when it comes to our spiritual wall, we will bypass those things or not hold up to our word because they don't have premium or supreme value in our life. I've come to preach to somebody this morning. God wants a consistency in your life so he can bring out of you what he's put into you so that you might be a blessing to this world. Companies that are inconsistent lose value. Churches that are inconsistent lose their place in the community and they have no influence and they have no voice. What I'm preaching this morning is a wrestling of ourselves so that we can be authentic, not fake. I'm not talking about faking it. I'm not talking about testimonies where you show off in church. I don't need you to show off. I don't need any Ric Flairs at the North Walhalla Church of God. I don't need you to show off. I don't need you to tell me about how great you are. There's only one great in this church, and that's Jesus Christ and him crucified. I don't need to see your spiritual badges. I don't have to see what you've done and what you can do and how much you have. What we need to see is a spirit of humility that defeats the spirit of pride that gives way to us walking a consistent life who lets people know I am who I say I am and if I do slip up, I run back to the place of grace and I fall on my face and I plead the blood to God forgives me and moves me forward. I'll be honest with you. I've got to be honest and say there are a lot of pastors today who are full full of Christ and love Jesus, but they struggle with images behind the screen. There are a lot of singers that I know that can sing the house down, but once the cameras that are off are off and they leave a stage, they struggle with the, the flesh of other people and themselves, I would say it that way. There are a lot of church leaders that I know that are, are beneficial to the kingdom of God, but they struggle with a spirit of pride. And they know the scripture that said, pride comes before destruction and a fall, but yet they just struggle with pride. Let me break it down for you. To bring a new story to the same spirit, let me go back to the Old Testament, to the book of 2 Samuel. David is sitting high as a king. David has everything that he can want. But one day, David was lazy. Instead of being consistent in his job, every time that I have failed, every time that I have stumbled, every time that I've messed up somewhere along the way, I was not walking or doing what God called me to do. There is no sabbatical. There's a sabbatical for ministry, but not from who I am. It's hard to get in the flesh and cuss somebody out if you're praying in the spirit. It's hard to have an affair if I'm at, at Sister Alla Fair's party today doing my job as a pastor. Hello? When I am being diligent about my calling, I didn't say you've got to work yourself to death, but you've got to know who you are and know what you're called to do. When David was doing what David was called to do, God elevated him to the highest position. But once David got in power, David one day was lazy. The Bible said it was the time for the kings go to battle. David stayed home looking at his trophies. All of a sudden, David takes a walk, sees a woman up there. I know what you're thinking. My preacher, he couldn't help it. I believe she positioned herself. You can't prove it. I can't disprove it. But I can tell you this. He was not walking in a place where he was killing the lions and the bears. 
He sees that woman. It's not his wife. It's one of his general's wives, one of his best general's wives. And somehow, someway, his inconsistent behavior used his power that was undeniable to take that woman, put him in his house, put her back up there, and nobody else is going to know about it. But the problem is this. His inconsistent behavior brought a confrontation because somebody knocks on his door and says, by the way, we don't know how. We don't know how this happened because her husband's not home, but she's pregnant. That's a confrontation. Hello? Why are y'all quiet now? I put me in the boat with you so that nobody can leave here mad at me this morning, but I know what the Holy Ghost has told me to say. If I've ever walked in this pulpit with a word, I have one for somebody today. Your inconsistent behavior is putting you in positions that you need God to get you out of. The good news, God will help you. The bad news is you haven't wised up yet after 43 years and realized I don't have to keep getting myself in these positions. Grace is sufficient, but grace is not stupid. In fact, Titus says grace is a teacher and it will teach you from all ungodliness of the flesh. Hello? Somebody texts Brother Nolan and says, and I feel it cross the line, which don't happen, but if it did happen, you understand? I let Sister Nolan see it. And then Sister Nolan takes her shoes off and it's on. Hello? Oh yeah, she'll do that. I've seen her call up a lady one time and say, listen here, sweetie, that's my husband. I said, you're a pastor's wife. She said, hold on, I'm your, husband. I'm your wife first. And she rebuked that lady and that lady left the church. Hello? We all look at me funny like that for? Brother Nolan, you, that lady could not have been innocent. Well, it, it, she could have been, but two other ladies, we had an African-American lady in the church from Jamaica who walked in my office and said, Bishop, I was praying last night. That new woman in the church, she is after you. The Holy Ghost has shown me. And I saw Sister Nolan corner saying, yes, yes, yes. Then right after she walked out, one of the great, one of the white ladies of the church who had a bun on her head, she walks in my office and she says, Bishop, can I talk to you? Or she actually said, pastor, different culture. She said, pastor, she said, that new lady in the church, she's after you to cause you to stumble. That's the third confirmation. Hello? So what did you do, pastor? I got Sister Nolan involved. I stayed out of it, amen. <laughs> I'm not stupid. Why? Because I love my boys and I love my wife and I've come too far now to let five minutes, 10 minutes, 30 minutes take what God has done and I want a consistent behavior. I'm not perfect, but I'm wise enough in the spirit to know right now that this flesh world is passing away, but there's a spirit world and if I would discipline my flesh, Paul said, I beat my body up under subjection. Sometimes you just gotta look in the mirror and say, I don't feel like walking with God. I don't even feel like serving God today. I don't wanna go to church today, but I tell you this, I made up my mind Come no matter how I feel, I'm going to serve the Lord. Me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Listen, David takes that woman, he covers it up. I love to tell you how he brought the husband back. The husband would not know the wife because the other generals couldn't know their wife. The general was living better than the king. Different story. So David places him in a place to die. He is murdered. He was not killed in battle. He was murdered according to the scripture. And all of a sudden, a preacher shows up. King, king, can I, can I talk to you? Come on in. King, there's a problem in your kingdom. 
All humility of this young preacher. Reminds me of Brother God when a Brother Smith, an older minister, walks in with all humility. He says, can I talk? But all wisdom, can I talk to you? And he gets in front of him. He says, King, there's a problem in your kingdom. David rises up. That authority that's in him, tell me about it. There's a man that had many flocks. Then a traveler came along the way. When that traveler got to the, his place, that traveler was hungry. There was another man in the kingdom that only had one little lamb. When that man got there, that man was hungry. And the man that had many flocks, instead of taking one of his, he steals that one little lamb from that man. That man raised that lamb, the Bible said, as his own daughter. That man, that man took care of that lamb. It was his only lamb. It was his most precious. David got mad and indignant. He rises up and David says, not in my kingdom. Tell me who that man is. That man's gonna die and I'm gonna pay that other one fourfold. And then that preacher squares his shoulders back and with all wisdom, David is about to hear something that he never thought he would hear. That preacher in wisdom has David now in a trap. That preacher squares his shoulders back and says, you're that man. It's the word. This man killed giants, bears, lions, God gave him a kingdom, raised him up when his daddy didn't even think he was nobody, but now he finds himself in a situation why it wasn't the devil's fault. He was inconsistent in who he was. Listen to me. I don't want you to be Billy Graham. I honor him. I don't want you to be T.D. Jakes or Neil Nolan, and I say that very humbly with that last name. I want you to be yourself. I want you to be a faithful constituent of North Wahala who lives in this community where you can't fake it because people see you every day. Just be a consistent, you don't have to be a super duper whopper saint that can pray every day. I want you to pray every day. But what I'm saying is just be yourself and make up your mind. I know who I am and I've come too far to turn around now. I'm gonna follow Jesus in the way that I may keep everything that God has for me. David, you are that man. Here's the good news, listen to me. I've always seen confrontation as wrong. And the Holy Ghost checked me and said, not in the scripture here. This confrontation is not evil, it is beneficial. I don't like confrontation. If Pastor Russell's mad with me, we'll work it out. But I don't want him to get mad. The staff will tell you this, I don't like people that pout. Don't spend one month mad at me if you could come to me in five minutes and we and us work it out. You took, a, you took a month of Sundays that you and I could have flowed together in the Holy Ghost and you're mad at me because I missed something. Just come to me, right? Let me blame it on my ADD just for a moment, just for a moment. But I'm serious. I tell Jessica, you mad with me? Just tell me. I'll nod. Just like that right there. Why? Because when we're at odds with each other, how can two walk together unless they agree? I don't like when we do church business and we have to play games. I'm telling you, I don't like it on the state level or local level. I don't like it when we can't tell them this and we can't tell them that. How can two walk together unless they agree? And when we're inconsistent in that, we miss it. Let me give you a couple things and I'll close. The rebuke that flows after this, David receives it. David was a godly man. He's inconsistent here, but never forget, the Bible said that David was a man after God's own heart. I'm not condemning him to hell. I'm showing you inconsistency that cost him a lot. This child will die. Hello? 
Let me show you. First of all, in verse 8, he says of 2 Samuel, that chapter 12, he says, David, the sad thing about this, if you would have just asked God, he would have gave you more. At that time, David was allowed to have multiple wives in the Old Testament. It was not God's will. It was, it was outlined in the law up under certain conditions. And Nathan lets him know, David, you could have had anything you wanted as long as it didn't violate the law. Listen to me, saints. Quit thinking that grass is always greener. Hello? 50-year-old man, can I talk to you a second? That 25-year-old, you don't need that. Hello? Stay with that woman that's been with you for 25. Hello? Brother, Lord, I want to feel young again. Well, go get a Yoo-Hoo and a Snickers then. <laughs> Amen? That's about all I need. If you really want to get PD Low Country, you get a Moon Pie and a Pepsi Cola, and that'll do about the same. Amen? <laughs> And if you want to keep going south to Blenheim, you can get Blenheim ginger ale or Red Rock, and that'll do even better, but y'all don't know about that. But we will throw away a life of ministry and influence in a quick moment, and God is saying, first of all, I know what's good for you. Aiden said, Daddy, if you won $10 million, would you buy a $6 million car? No. I don't need a $6 million car for what? I'm past the day of showing off. I'm on the day of getting bills paid. Hello? I care less what the Joneses think about me now. Oh, at 18, yes, I wanted the biggest necklace, the fastest car, put the top down, go fast, lean over to the right. If the country music's on, I lean to the left, you know what I'm saying? I'm past that, past it. Now me and Sister Dola just want to hold hands and just ride through Walhalla looking at good church folks. That's, that's where I'm at now, amen? And if that gets real good, sometimes we'll go to Brother John Crane's house and we'll just walk in the cow pasture, amen? It don't take much anymore. I'm not trying to impress anybody. The word was saying to him, God would give you anything, David. You knew this, and yet you threw all of this away. Secondly, not only did David miss the blessings, but it brought adversity. Verse 11 says this, I will raise up adversity against you. Listen, inconsistency brings adversity. Listen to me, mom and dad. You can't rebuke drugs and then practice it yourself. You can't tell your kids not because. And then you watch movies that would make anybody blush. I know, here I go again, I get it. I'm trying not to. It brings adversity because your children know you. They know your behavior. You've got to respect your elders, but you don't. Policeman's giving you a ticket because you're running 85 and you got your finger stuck out in his face, got a bumper sticker on the back that has the beautiful compass of North Walhalla and you just point your finger at him. How dare you, boy, I used to change your diapers, yada, yada, yada. That's not consistent walk of Christ. You had a restaurant throwing a dollar down because somebody didn't bring your food in five minutes. If I'd have thrown a dollar down in front of my mama growing up, hello? Well, brother, no, we need to teach them better. You sure do. You need to teach them about grace. I'm, I'm preaching that. I believe that. Some of the most ungodly people in restaurants are Christians. 
We run in and want to get fat in a hurry. When it don't come out fat in a hurry, we get upset and we throw a dollar down and then we tell people, I wonder if she'll go to our church. No, she's not coming to your church. That's somebody's little girl, but then when your daughter's working at the steakhouse, you want everybody to tip well. That's the book of James. <laughs> Thirdly, not only will it bring adversity, listen, I got three minutes, listen, but it will go to private, from private to public in a moment. Listen to me. God never puts your sin in public to embarrass you. Never, ever, ever. Most of your inconsistent behavior and your sins can be dealt with in private. God is not in the embarrassing business. Your sin is only brought out in public if it is the attempt for God to bring you back to reconciliation. This was a public sin that had a public display because there's no way to cover up a baby. Hello? I'm trying to teach somebody something this morning. Go to your prayer closet. Get it right. Get it right. I'll never forget one time when my pastor was preaching. I sinned the night before when I was a teenage Roy. He got right here. Didn't say a word. He just did this right here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In front of the whole church. Mm-hmm. I ran so fast to that altar. I said, God, I put this up on the blood 40 miles deep. Are you listening? Y'all listening. I know you're listening. That's all right. No, nobody's saying amen. Not me, preacher. You ain't calling me out. And he was right. I was halfway in the church and halfway out and I liked the way that girl smells so every once in a while she called me on the phone and you know, you know, I had my boundaries, you know what I'm saying? But it's something about those boundaries. If they're not in the blood, they can move. Next, I keep going. Inconsistency always brings loss. David lost his child. Our behavior that's inconsistent will always bring loss in our life. I don't want you to lose anything. I don't want you to lose your family or your marriage. Make your wife your best friend. Make church a priority in your life. Let me tell you three things I close. These two minutes. There's three things you've got to do to be consistent. First, walk in the spirit. Have a spirit-filled life. Romans 8 that follows Romans 7 where the man says, my body is wretched. He then also says that if we walk in the spirit, we shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Teenagers, you're in the car on a Friday night, three guys in there with you. Somebody pulls out a bag of marijuana, just turn on to the message. Put a CD of your pastor in the car. But brother, no, I don't have one of your CDs. Go get some, amen, praise God. Just put it in there. They just put out a bag of marijuana in your car. If you get caught, you're going to, you're going to jail. Your daddy's going to take your car. You got to ride a school bus then. You probably lost your scholarship, but you're afraid to be consistent. So you're going to let that person do that. Put your preacher preaching this message on. And they're going to look at you and say, have you lost your mind? Oh, this is my preacher. I love my preacher. Let's listen to him for a while. They're going to do one of two things. They're going to get out there your car or they're going to throw that bag out your car. It's going to be hard to do what they want to do by listening to a man full of the Holy Ghost. And I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about any preacher that's really preaching. Brother Nolan, I'm going to embarrass myself. No, you better embarrass sin. Hello? You better embarrass sin. Romans 8 says, do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. Most people that get caught, they get caught in a system. They have it planned out. My wife gets her hair done here, so I'll meet at that time. And then she, she'll go to her mother's on this day, so I'll coordinate it. If you've got to do all that 
to have fun, your fun's sinful. If you can't tell your spouse what you're doing or your pastor, something's wrong. Come on, somebody. He says, but those who live according to the Spirit do the things of the Spirit. For to be carnal mind is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. At 40, I'm not 40 yet, but at 40, I don't want the gold chains anymore. I just want life and peace. Hello? If the kids will behave, and Sister Nolan just, just walk in the cow pasture every once in a while with me, life and peace. No more chatting back and forth at two o'clock in the morning with something, no, no, no. I sleep or pray at two o'clock in the morning. You, you understand? I don't know who I come to preach to. But you can live a consistent life when you start walking in the Spirit. Secondly, when you live a humble life. Pride goes before a fall. David was so prideful he thought he could not be touched and he fell. If you live a humble life, well, you know that everything you have, if you have a million dollars, there's nothing wrong with that. I wish you had two million. If you have 2,000 or three million, you'll just walk humbly. And when people ask you, how did you get where you got? Had not been for the Lord on my side, where would I be? Walk humbly. It's hard to be humble and also be inconsistent. Just be humble. Walk in that spirit. Give God the glory. Your business is doing well. God's been good to me. Your business just went up under. God has been good to me. The brook Cherubeth might be drawing up, but there's another brook God's got for me. Just be humble. Lastly, would you stand with me, please? If you'll walk in the spirit, be humble and then live a consistent life. Listen as I close. To live a consistent life, you've got to set principles that you will not violate. There are certain things my family will not violate. Sunday morning is our time with God. We don't violate it. We are tithers and givers. We don't violate it. If I backslid right now, I still tithe. God's been too good to me. I don't violate it for nobody. I don't violate it. Sister Nola's not going to ask me to buy her a new car with tithe dollars. She knows better. Biggest argument we've ever had was when one time that I asked her to put the tithes in and she was a week and a half late. That wasn't her fault. I had to learn her, she had to learn me. But she knows now there's some things I don't violate. I'm consistent in it. It's who I am. Set disciplines that you refuse to ignore. Set your disciplines. This is who we are. This is what we do. We love people. They're fighting racial issues. We don't. Some people don't come to church. You know why? They've never set disciplines. They have no discipline. Set your discipline. Your kids should know what you're about to do before you do it on Sunday morning. They should already know. You might as well get up. You know daddy's about to get mad because we're not up yet because it's church time. Brother, no, my kids don't feel like it on Sunday morning. Okay. Okay. Really? Wow. Aiden, if you're in this house, not across the street, first time you tell me that and then you need $20, I'm going to tell you straight up, son, I don't feel like it. I'm not playing. He is 18. He can do what he wants to. But for me and my house, we come to church. It's part of who we are. That way, one day, if he does walk away from God, I can stand on this pulpit and say, I was faithful, Lord. He belongs to you. And the gates of hell are not going to prevail against his life.
set boundaries you will not push, push past, and set brothers that will hold you accountable. We need brothers that will say you're wrong. Do you have that, Pastor? You better believe I do. I've got some in this church and some outside this church. We hold each other accountable. Why? Because a consistent walk will bring results that will change lives. Amen? Would you bow your Father, I preached your word. Father, I have preached your word. You've gave me a word, given me a word that I know is for this body. It was not a rebuke. And Father, we laughed, and I'm glad we laughed. I, I know at parts it could have been strong, but I won't apologize for that. It's what you told me to preach. I want to bring some consistent behavior. If not, Paul confronted Simon Peter because he was dividing the church because of his inconsistent walk. I never want to be that God. So let me live in a way that I won't bring embarrassment. They asked Billy Graham, what's the thing you want to be remembered for? He quickly said, not me as saved in the sense of preaching, not presidents, not kingdoms or princes or princesses that he, he witnessed to. He said, I want to be remembered for being faithful. Paul told the Corinthian church, a steward must be found faithful. Father, that's what we want to do today in Jesus' name. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If there's one today that said, Pastor, I'm not saved. I need to be saved. I